Hey everybody, welcome to Positively Chaotic. If this is your first time joining us, go ahead and make sure to subscribe to the Positively Chaotic channel on YouTube. And if you're listening, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're so glad to have you here. I do want to give everybody a heads up that we will be going on a short hiatus over the holidays, but go ahead and make sure to check out past episodes and let me know which one is your favorite. We've had so many wonderful guests on. This week, we have Tyrone Mings on the podcast. Tyrone is an incredible Premiership League football player for Aston Villa, as well as the England national team. We discuss everything from a devastating injury to how he believes you have the power to control your own destiny. If this inspires you, please share it with a friend or family member and let us know what you think. And if there's somebody that you would love to hear on the podcast, send me a message or tag me on Instagram. Please enjoy. Tyrone, I'm so thrilled to have you on the podcast, my man. Welcome to the show. How are you doing through this absolute madness of a time and how's everything going? Thank you. Thank you for the intro. Um, of course, man. And thank you for having me, first and foremost. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a really great show. And like you said, the world we're living in at the moment is tough. It really is tough um, for everybody. So to be on here and, and share the positivity that you're, you're throwing out for free is, a, is, a, is, is something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. So first of all, thank you for the intro. Thank you. Thank man. you for having me. And I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Really good. Um, like you said, football is going well. Business, we're trying to navigate our way through a, a crazy world um, like everybody is. So that comes with its own challenges. But listen, I'm healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm sane. And I got a roof over my head. So I'm doing okay. That's right, man. And that's the right way to be looking at it rather than focusing on kind of what's not going right in the world. You're the guy that's the glass half full and you're looking at what is right in the world and you've got the roof over your head and you just got back from playing for England. How was that whole experience during COVID, man? Was it crazy? Was it kind of just the new normal? How, how was that? Yeah, you know, we as as players, we, we're kind of used to the no fan situation. Uh, it's not great because, you know what, where it's like England football fans are, are, are another level and they love it and they really add to the spectacle and the the whole vibe around the place. So it's difficult not having the fans there. Um, but with England, obviously, we, we get to travel to great places. You we went to Belgium um, last week and unfortunately, we didn't get a positive result. But it was a really great experience. And um, of course, to be able to represent your country and to be able to play at the top level is something that I'm, not only getting used to, but really enjoying at the same time. So, um, yeah, that was great. Back to the day job now of Aston Villa and, and trying to do as well as we can do in the Premier League. Hopefully trying to build on our success that we that we started kind of 18 months ago, really, in the Championship and, and managed to get promoted and um, finished off quite strongly after lockdown last year. So, yeah, we're, we're in a good place in uh, in the football world also. I love that, man. And you know what I love whilst I've been researching you and whilst I could sit here and probably talk about football for the next hour, you know, it's the entrepreneurial side of you that I'm sort of somewhat infatuated by. And and I think I heard in a recent interview, uh, I think it was with Budweiser, you sort of said to yourself that after you had that first injury, you know, you would always think about what else to do because that sort of thing could happen all over again. And here you are with a successful interior design business and looking into the horizon of what's next. And we're going to get into that later in the segment. But you, to me, have lived this kind of positively chaotic life. Your path to becoming a professional athlete has been filled with all these mad kind of twists and turns. <laughs> And I'm just curious what your early life was like. Growing up, did you always know that you wanted to be a, a professional athlete? What did Tyrone Mings want to do as a kid? I want to try and get into that first. Yeah, I guess like any any um, footballer that you ask, when I was a kid, I loved football. Uh, my mm. dad played kind of uh, non-league level, but to a, a fairly high standard. And I was always in and around that environment, in and around the footballing environment, the kind of macho talk and aggression that comes with it. So it, it, it interested me, of course, and I loved football much like 
the majority of kids in England. So I was always somewhat obsessed by it, I guess, from a young age. I think I, I don't really remember having many toys when I was a kid. I, it was always footballs. I always just loved being outside and playing and, and, and just being a regular kid, I guess. Yeah. Now, I guess sort of looking to later on in my childhood, I don't know at what stage I thought, yeah, I'm going to make a living out of football. Um, that probably came quite late, probably 10, 11, 12. But I had a really good grounding and obviously I was at Southampton Academy as a, as a kid. So that taught me a lot and I was able to train with some really great players that were coming through at the time and the, the, the likes of Gareth Bale and Theo Walcott. So I was able to tap into kind of their their mentality from a young young age. And I know speaking yeah. about mentality in, in kids or young adolescents or teenagers seems a little bit strange, but you have to be so dedicated. You have to be so focused. And when you get into those years where life really can go in many different directions, you have to have a little bit of an understanding of, of, of what it takes to get to the top because it's, of course, at 15, 16, 17, lads, girls at that age are doing whatever they want to be doing. They're, they're testing yeah. the boundaries, they're free spirits, um, they're, they're finding out what works for them in life, what doesn't work. So to, to maintain that focus throughout those periods and throughout those years is tough, absolutely. If you're going to dedicate yourself to anything, uh, you have to go through situations where other people are perhaps doing things that look a little bit a little bit more fun or a little bit more exciting or they're perhaps staying up later and going to parties at the weekends or they're eating what they want to eat throughout the week and um, that just never really appealed to me I knew that I felt like I knew that there was more out there for me that mm. perhaps the delay of success um, was what I was working towards and of course, that requires discipline, and yeah, it was tough. Absolutely, it was tough. But my childhood was filled with love, and I, I, it's not. I know that there's a lot of things in the paper about like me and my family going and living in a shelter for, for basically sheltered accommodation, homeless accommodation. We were living um, a normal family life. My mum split up with the person that she was with at the time, quite unsavory situation, and and we were moved into accommodation that. Basically, if you have nowhere to live, you go and stay there. But it's communal showers. It's one bedroom for me, my sisters and my mum. And that was our life. And I was in primary school at that time. So I guess that gave me a little sense of there's got to be more out there for me. That isn't anything that comes from being unappreciative. I guess it's more this is how this is the cards that we've been dealt. My mum made it amazingly fun whilst we lived there and she she showered us with love at like like mums do which we were fortunate to have but i guess out of situations like that opportunities or determination or drive or passions are made and, and are formed and are created so i think my early life definitely shaped um my my thinking as an adult but of course at that stage you don't know what's going to come I, I knew That's I wanted right. to play football. I didn't know how though. I didn't know what the route looked like. I didn't know what, how many twists and turns it was filled with. I didn't know how many setbacks there were going to be. Um, so as a as a naive child, of course, I, I always wanted to play football. That was that was my dream. I mean, were you naive or were you driven by your childhood? I mean, I feel like we're all driven in some shape, way, or form, and we're kind of molded as children to what we're going to be. Um, and some of our biggest holdbacks in life um, are some of our biggest positives in the future. Um, and, and like you said, you came from a family with love. Whether you were in a shelter on the street or in a 20 million uh, pound house, if you're loved and cared for, whatever the current situation is, that's all you know. So being in mm -hmm. a shelter but having that love, I have to assume obviously lifted your spirits to what's next, what's going to be the next best thing and how can I better myself? But at 15 years old, I think back to when I was 15, Tyrone, and I was loved, but I wasn't thinking about uh, how to get to that next level. I was pulled in and down into the whole drinking and drugs and partying. And so you're humble, but that's a pretty amazing path and route that you've taken and it's clear to me that you have this very positive outlook on life and this very dedicated work ethic did that come from your mum and being loved and perhaps living in a shelter for a short period of time did it come from family like where did that drive 
come from? Um, I think I've picked up a lot on on my journey. I think I've I've learned to harness little elements of um, positivity that I uh, that I could and, and kind of harvest positivity from wherever it may have came from. And um, it was it was probably around. 16 17 um i was in sixth form and i was fortunate enough to to leave southampton and didn't really know where my life was going to go and, and went went on many different trials at many different football clubs and it just wasn't working and they were all saying the same thing you're not big enough you're not physically developed enough um to come into our professional industry or or, or mm. set up right now and that was fine i think it hit my parents perhaps more than it hit me i was disappointed of course but for them, they've been driving me up and down the length of the country for nine years. And wow. for them to see um, the disappointment in my face or for people to be saying no, or the rejection, of course, it was tough for them to take. They felt ultimately like my dreams were being shattered and I'd have to go in a different route. And I did. But I think I've always been able to see things with an element of perspective. And I think the perspective really allows you to see past what you're currently going through. And that's a skill and a trait that isn't easy to do, of course. But at the For same sure. time, you can't do anything about what is going on in the current. Uh, you could, you, I couldn't influence what was going on currently. I couldn't bang on the doors anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't beg them to take me. So I had to take a different route. And I think over the years, I've really learned that 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 you are pretty much in control of your destiny and you have the ability no matter how unsavory of a situation you may find yourself in you have the ability to change that now it's not necessarily going to be an overnight fix but what you can do is take steps to what success looks like or what the end of your journey or or, or your route looks like and i knew i wanted to play professional football but i was able to go back to school and and go to a sports school I was fortunate enough to get a sports scholarship and that allowed me a couple of years and, and some really key years to, to board at school, which was a new experience. Mm -hmm. So all the time I was working towards not only becoming a better footballer because they had quite a comprehensive football program, but being a better person. And all of yeah. a sudden I came from such humble beginnings and I guess poverty in terms of financial point of view, not poverty in terms of my life um, and my family set up, but, I was able then to mix with princes and 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 the wealthier versions of myself, and they're people that I really learned from. They're, they're kids that I learned what I wanted to be like if I ever became successful, and also what I didn't want to be like if I ever became successful. So, being able to be in and around those circles before I just hit professional probably gave me a little bit of a taste of of what's to come if I was ever to make it. So, yeah, I think. Love it. That that probably comes from learning and figuring out that we are in full control of, of of what happens and the good things that happen in our life we should celebrate. Absolutely. They're things that we've worked hard for. The bad things in life, like I said, we should we should perhaps take with a little bit of perspective and know that we're still in control. I think the control is what brings us uh certainly what brings me the mental stability, I've spoken quite a lot on mental health and, and the, the dangers and pitfalls that it can bring by not being in control. Um, mm -hmm. So I think when I learned that and when I kind of understood that more, that stood me in, in, in great stead for the future. Dude, this is why I do this podcast, because of everything you just said. I mean, when, when COVID hit, you know, I was in so much fear. I had so much anxiety. We didn't know where the fuck this thing was going to go. And the only way I was able to bring myself back down to reality was to write down a list, what I can control and what I cannot control, right? And it's yeah. everything that you just discussed. And the things that I can't control is COVID-19 or how other people behave or react or respond. But the things I can control is myself, my actions, the way I respond, the way I am with other people. And you just said so much of that. Your whole life has been, what I can hear, controlled by you. You have controlled the narrative of where you've got today. And you know, you talk about meeting those princes. The funny thing is those princes could likely learn so much more from you than you could from them. And who knows where they came from or what their upbringing was or how tough it might have been, 
Um, but the fact that you've been through what you've been through, you took control of a situation and you've managed to get where you are today uh, is to me fucking phenomenal, dude. And, and I appreciate <laughs> you. No, I mean it, man. I really do. And I, and I want to go into this because you may have already answered it. You may have not. But this is why we do the podcast. It's, it's the positively chaotic podcast, right? And so mm. looking back, what was the most chaotic time or moment in your life that you were able to transform into a positive experience? Good question. Um, for me, I would, I would say in terms of positively chaotic, my, my injury for sure. And after everything that I, I've briefly touched on in terms of my journey, um, I seen success as a as a destination, which first and foremost is dangerous, um, because if I if I perceive success as as a certain destination, the only thing you can do when you get there is feel nothing but disappointment, because it, you feel like everything you've accomplished is is now done. So, mm. I seen that as being a Premier League player and playing in the Premier League. That was that's the highest domestically we can play in this country and. Fortunately enough for myself, I was able to get there um, and Bournemouth signed me. They'd just been promoted. They signed me. I was a club record transfer. There was a lot of expectation and, and their environments that I thrive on. So I loved it. I loved the moment in time where I was brought to make a real impact on, on, on Bournemouth in their first yeah. season in the Premier League. And I felt like all the stars were aligning. It was my first season in the Premier League. It was Bournemouth's first season in the Premier League. Everybody was kind of going into a little, a little bit blind, a little bit unaware of what was to come. Now, I worked so hard for so many years to get to the Premier League that six minutes into my debut, um, I ruptured two ligaments in my knee in a tackle. Now, getting stretched off and then being in the changing room after, I was still fairly positive. Everything was still running through my body, shock, adrenaline. Um, and and I was thinking, okay, this might not be too bad. Blah, 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 blah. Cut to a week later, and I'm sitting in front of the surgeon who's saying, yeah, you're going to be out for nine to 12 months, and that'll be a good time frame. Now, we talk about being in control and being, being positive. There was nothing positive that came from that conversation. I was mm. so low. I was so frustrated at the fact that everything had now been taken out of my control, because not necessarily with my knee. Like I said, I perceived success as playing in the Premier League, and it was Bournemouth's first season. We were three games into the season when I got injured and I came on. There was no guarantee that Bournemouth were going to stay up. So if Bournemouth then got relegated and I come back as a, as a um, rehabilitated new player... I didn't know whether I'm going to hit the heights that I'm going to hit that I hit before and if I'd ever play in the Premier League again. So all of those things were swirling through my head. All of those things were, were, like you said before, giving me fear, anxiety. And I was all of a sudden cast to the side. I'm injured. They've still got a season to play. I'm not in the manager's thoughts anymore. I don't really know these players because I only signed a couple of months ago. Um, and I, I had a lot of inner conflict I really did. And that's probably when I hit rock bottom in terms of my football and perhaps my my my, my life. Mm. Um, because I never really was too low in my childhood, although things weren't great from the outside. Right. Like I said, my mum made things great. So so the situation when we look back now looks unsavory, but at the time I knew no different. Now, in terms of turning that into a positive, um, I... I wouldn't change that now looking back on everything that's happened. I wouldn't change that for a, for a second because that really was the moment in my life where not only was I able to reflect on everything that I'd done, but I could also reflect on everything that I was doing. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't in a relationship. I was happy. I was spending too much money because I thought that's what made me happy. And I wasn't really winning what I would say was the war. And the war is, I guess, contentment and fulfillment and being happy i wasn't i didn't have those things so i was buying cars and jewelry and going out and drinking and staying up and doing anything that made you 
makes you you feel like you're getting a little quick fix or yeah. a little boost of happiness and and it's a crazy it's a crazy circle one leads to another and then you go you go up and then you buy something and you go up and it wears off and you feel like you need another boost so looking back on that that was me at the time that was me and um the injury probably humbled me it probably really did it gave me a chance to reset a little bit like covid with everybody it gave me a chance to reset and refocus yeah. and think <clears throat> wow, is this really where I want my life to go? I, I, I still have so many more things to achieve. Um, and that was the first time when I started speaking to a psychologist and I still speak to him this day, to this day, probably every week. And I would actively encourage anybody, genuinely anybody, whether you're feeling good or whether you're not, to do so. Because I see it as mental health, I see it as kind of like a mental fitness. And it isn't something that you conquer. It isn't something that you you overcome. We have good days, bad days. We have moments in the day that are good and bad. And and I'm not saying necessarily to speak to someone at that point, but just be aware of your feelings and aware of your emotions and aware of your thoughts. Because like I said, as soon as you know that you that you are in control of what you think and what you feel, um, it's a it's a much more settled place to be. And like I said, I've got a I've got a wolf tattooed on my arm because I feel like in terms of shapeshifters and the the ability to take one form and create something else um, and mold into something else. I genuinely feel like that is who I was at the start of the injury and the end of it. Um, and that was a 15 month process. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not the finished article yet, but I'm a lot better. I'm a lot more content. I'm a lot happier. I'm a lot more fulfilled. And my life isn't actually that much different. So amazing in terms of chaotic moments that I took positives from, um, and turned into a positive that is that is probably the most chaotic my life has been i think that might be the most chaotic we've heard on the podcast <laughs> to date i mean seriously to 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 really think you've worked so hard to get to that point you're playing in your first game in the premiership league which for anyone in america that doesn't understand football the premiership league is the best league the top league and the way that we treat football, in my opinion, is very different and a lot more serious to some of the American sports. I mean, this is like diehard shit that goes on in London, at least for the fans. <laughs> and then to make that debut and six minutes in, six minutes in to rupture your knee and be told you're out for nine months and to fast forward to today and say that might have been one of the best lessons learned because you realize things about yourself that you never even knew about is to me huge and I, and I mm. I just want to say I'm not a footballer um, but I can so relate because I've truly had a really wild upbringing and journey and today some of the darkest I mean darkest moments in my life today are if those things hadn't have happened I don't even think I'd be the man I am today and mm. I can relate mm. to that. And I'm sure so many people listening will be able to relate to that. And even if you're going through something right now that's so bad, so painful and so hard, you have to also realize that later in life, you'll be able to look back at that. And it was a growing pain. It was something that allowed you to get to where you are today. And look, no one has a perfect life, right? And if it was perfect, mm. it'd be so fucking boring. Um, but, but, but I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, what lessons would you say that you've learned being, uh, a professional athlete that have been able to transfer into other areas of your life? Like what lessons stand out to you? Obviously that was a realization moment, but are there any lessons as an athlete that have bettered you in your life or, or got you to where you are today? Yeah, I'd say, um, Discipline is probably the main one. And I, I yeah. know that is very vague. Um, no, but when we're talking about what it takes to get to the top, there are people in my industry with a hell of a lot more talent than me. There are people in my industry with a hell of a lot more natural skill than me. Um, there are people in, in, in my team with a lot more talent than me. But what I've learned in football is you have to make do with what you have and you have to find your value and when i say find your value i am 
a centre back for Aston Villa, and I'm a big part. I don't think the manager would uh, criticise me for saying a big part of the team. I have a big voice. Sure. I'm quite active in and around the dressing room, um, and I enjoy that. But what that does is it creates um, it creates a, a, a value for me within that organisation. Now, when I'm looking at whether it be a business deal or um, or an entrepreneurial opportunity or an investment opportunity, now all of a sudden I'm looking at how did I create mass value for myself in sport? How did I become the player? And how did I become so significant to Aston Villa? What are my strengths? And taking them and utilizing them in other areas of my life, okay, what am I good at in business? What do I enjoy in business? Um, and when I find out what I'm good at, it highlights what I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. When I know what I'm not good at, I could build a team around me to know, okay, I need these sort of personalities around me. I need these people that are, are more creative than myself. Yeah. Um, I need these people that maybe don't enjoy the business and the navigation of the business and the strategic um, decisions that are involved. Maybe I don't need so many of them because I enjoy that. But finding a place for yourself and creating value, creating mass value for yourself um, is something that is so probably overlooked in sport because my value at Aston Villa it's completely different to a value that, that another club in the Premier League would see would would see me as or, or would see my worth as. So I found that to be I found that to be quite important. Um, and I touched on discipline at the start. You're not going to get anywhere without discipline. Oh, and yeah. I spoke about uh, the <laughs> an element of delayed gratification. If you want something, Anything worth having doesn't come overnight. Anything worth having doesn't come easy because, That's as right. the old saying goes, everybody would have it. Um, but I, I'm so clear sometimes in in my vision. I don't always have the answers. Yeah. I'm clear on the destination, and then I yeah. work to find the answers. And listen, that and, and we've spoke about my journey a little bit. Many routes were blocked. Many doors were shut. Many opportunities were were kind of masked as horrendous injuries but from them such beautiful things grown and and such positive things have come from it so um i've probably learned also that along with discipline perspective um is is huge and being able to see past your current circumstances because they don't last forever and that's a good and a bad thing when you're on a wave when you're when you're riding a wave and things are going great unfortunately that doesn't last forever um, but on the flip side of that, when you're struggling to make it or when you're struggling to get something done, when you're struggling to get yourself out of bed or feel great or, or identify with who you are, that also doesn't last forever. So I've, I've, I guess I've learned to see things for what they are and take, take things with a pinch of salt, which I think helps me as a human, not just, not just as a footballer, football is a big part of what I do and football is a big part of my identity, which I'm grateful for. There's so much more to that. There's so much more to me than, than being a footballer that, that I think translates, like I said, like you said, through, through business, through um, being a good friend, a good, a good sibling. So yeah, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that athletes especially can translate um, into other areas of their life, but you have to you have to identify them. You have to be able to identify them early and then use them. Yep, and you've just pointed it out. I mean, the discipline side of things is everything. Knowing your strengths and weaknesses is everything. I mean, for me, it's like, I know what my strengths are. I play on them. My weaknesses, mm. boy, there's a whole bunch of them, but I try and, <laughs> I try and stay away from them. But I don't think people can as easily identify what their strengths and weaknesses are as perhaps you can, or maybe even I can. And I think sometimes we want to have every strength in the book and we want to be the jack of all trades. But if you focus on what it is that you love and that you're passionate about, and then you sleep it, breathe it, live it and dream it, 99% of the time, if you truly go for it, like you said, and don't expect it to come overnight, but if you want something so bad, you can make it happen if you believe in it. And, I, and I'm a huge believer in that because I look at stories like yours and every one of our guests that are mainly perceived by the public to be exactly where they need to be today. 
it never started like that. It was never a, a, a clear picture at the beginning. And it often right now, it's not a clear picture, but it's how did you get to where you are today and the struggles that you went through? And you're sharing so much inspiration uh, around that. So I, I'm grateful for that. And then Tyrone, it's interesting. I can't think that many football players have had an array of jobs like you have throughout your life, right? You worked in a pub, you I were did. a mortgage advisor. Uh, sometimes you were doing mortgage advice whilst you were playing football. Um, were there any jobs that you loved, disliked? What did you learn from working in all of those different fields and how the hell were you juggling it all at the same time? Yeah, so, I mean... When I was a mortgage advisor, I, I, I studied for the job um, and I was working in the pub and I thought, this is great, but it's not, a, it's not a career. I mean, I looked into becoming a landlord of a pub. So when I, whenever I'm involved in something, I want to know, I want to be the best. So I want to know what I've got to do to be the top dog in that industry. So I'm, I'm can picture I'm, I'm working in a pub, I'm speaking to the landlord and his wife and uh, they're talking to me about their contracts with the brewery and all of this, and it interests me. I think maybe I could do that. Uh, maybe, maybe, I'd, maybe there's more to being a barman, um, and I could be the boss. Now, there wasn't really any longevity of that, it, or any any legs in that, um, because I wasn't passionate about it, and I wasn't really interested in it. So, mm-hmm. I thought I would go and learn another industry and learn another skill, and. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. When I applied for the job as a mortgage broker, I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was it was well paid for what I was on. I think it was 15 grand a year. Um, and I don't know what I was on at the pub, but it was shift work. So it wasn't anything um, concrete. And I applied for the job and I thought, we'll see what happens. And I got the job. But in order to start, we had to pass an exam. And I failed maths GCSE three times. So... I would I like never to did them, I, just FYI. I would, <laughs> if feel any better. I would like to see uh I would like to see what kind of equity the people that I gave mortgages to have, have got at the moment. But um, love that. <laughs> but yeah, I got the job and and I thought, let's see what happens. Study for the exam, took the exam, passed it, um, and and started working there. But I guess I was I was still a non-league footballer, so I was earning forty-five pounds a week from football and couldn't drive so my typical day would be get up at seven um walk to the train station get the train to bath which was about 15 20 minutes away from where i lived with my kit bag um work until five and then at five i'd get picked up by a teammate who would then drive us an hour to training we'd then reverse that go back home get on the train walk home which is about a half an hour walk and kit bags in england are not just you take it well like like if i had to go to a game now i don't have to take anything maybe maybe some moisturizer Back in the <laughs> I, I, I had to take everything and boots under under armor like like lycras shorts shin pads waters uh tape and then my moisturizer yeah, um, so life was life was just a little bit more complicated back then. So and and let's just remember that. that's in England in the freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. Like that that's not in yeah, sunny winter. California where it's eighty five and you're standing getting like a suntan at the bus stop. That's in freezing cold England, right? And that 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 that's yeah. a big commitment right there in itself, right? Absolutely, and and that was my life, and I enjoyed it. I loved it. Of course, I, being a mortgage advisor, genuinely, absolutely loved it, and. I didn't know what a mortgage was when I started. So you can imagine we, we're sitting as kind of like an induction and people have come from, I think there's about 15 of us that started at the same time. It's kind of been like an academy. People have come from financial backgrounds, estate agent backgrounds, banking backgrounds. And there was me sitting there and the first question was, right, what is a mortgage? And I was thinking, please don't ask me because I have no idea, but I love this job and I'm really interested in what's coming. <laughs> Um, and that was the first week, but from there I grew and I worked it and I loved it. And that was me. I wanted to go into hedge funds. Um, and I wanted to have a successful financial career. Now that was, that was life at the time. And and of course I didn't know what was around the corner. I I did that for 10 months. How Um, old were you? 
I was, it was like a week before my 19th birthday that I started. So I was 19. If you imagine the people that I'm playing against in, in, in football now, they've been playing professionally since they were 17. So I lost two years in, 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 in being at school and being a barman and being a mortgage advisor. But, um, Listen, there's no direct, there's no one route to success. There's no one route to every everybody being in the same place. And I genuinely love talking about my journey, and I love the things that have come from it, and I love the life lessons that I've that I've gained throughout that time. Because I look at the people that are my age now, 26, 27, 28, and when talking about what to look for in a house, or whether it's a good investment, or whether it whether they should whether they should buy it, or, or if this development off plan looks any good, should they go for it? Most of them don't have a clue. And, and they're the life lessons I'm truly grateful for. Um, yeah, I lost out a couple of years at the start on, on, of earnings because a lot of these guys signed big contracts at 17, 18. But I've learned so much about myself and so much about, about the world outside of this football bubble that, that, I couldn't be genuinely couldn't be more grateful for, for what I've experienced. I love it, man. And look, none of these football players that uh, are doing great in the league and good luck to them got probably the chance to work in the pub or be a mortgage advisor. <laughs> and today, Tyrone, what I love is here you are, a Premiership League footballer. You play for England, but you also now have your own successful interior design company, right? Like, how did you manage that whilst playing for England and Aston Villa like I know you've mentioned it in other interviews but I'd love people to hear like how the hell do you manage everything all at once and continue to spread your wings as an entrepreneur and grow as a businessman yeah and, and I think if anybody was um listening athlete or not um everybody will have something that they're passionate about. Everybody will have a job or a career, um, which they can resonate with, with my football, but the external, the external passions, um, are not only what balance me and what keep me sane and, and, and kind of grounded, but there are also things that I've been fortunate enough to be able to explore in my free time. Now running a business as I'm sure you're aware and many people listening to this will be aware isn't a hobby um it isn't a, a pastime but that's truly how it started i like i said i wasn't long out of the the property industry when i started the business so the business is running for five years now and um i just got injured well i just moved to bournemouth and we had the initial conversation my business partner and i yeah. about the interior design company she was just finishing a master's degree in interior architecture architecture and uh, I knew about buying and selling houses so I thought I might go into property development one day what better way to learn about it than to start up a business and learn yeah. on the job and that's always been the way that I've I've learned really I learned by doing things I learned by experiencing things and I learned ultimately by making a hell of a lot of mistakes um and I, I love reading books but there's only so many books that you can that you can listen uh, that you can read or podcasts yeah. you can listen to without doing it yourself that's right. Um, so we started the business and Katie, my business partner, is great. And the staff that we've taken on since, great also. Because what they have to appreciate is whilst the business is my baby and I'm a co-founder in it and absolutely love the business to death, nothing that I do can can compromise my, my day job, which is football. Because as soon as that starts to suffer, everything around me starts to suffer. That is kind of the the bedrock of my life. And um, everybody understands that. So first and foremost, I have a great team around me. I have a team that really understand that they can problem solve and troubleshoot without having to call me um, for the answers. Now, not only does that save my time, but it also allows Katie, my business partner, to, to become a great businesswoman that she now is. Because at the start, she was straight out of university. Um, yeah. And I'd probably experienced more in my life than she had in hers because she understandably been having a great time at university, but also been working hard towards her degree. So I had perhaps more life lessons um, 
but but we were learning absolutely we were learning at the time and we were we were we were trying to grow the business which when there's only katie working on it full-time and myself um, a full-time footballer also going through knee rehab so i wasn't the nicest person in the world mm -hmm. anyway um she had to really answer a lot of questions for herself now since the business has grown um i've taken on more of a role on on strategy and kind of business management and they're the elements like i said that i really enjoy i love navigating our way through problems i love the the difficulties that covid unfortunately has thrown up for us but the, the fact that we were able to grow organically over five years um we've been quite quite um frugal in our spending and our planning that has meant that when covid hit we weren't that affected what we actually were we're in a position of fortune where we bought we've just bought a building um down in bournemouth that someone else pulled out of because of covid but when i'm talking about running things organically we, we put money into the company at the start um five years ago and we've never had to inject more capital because we've always been quite careful um and things like that i think like like when i look at ktm as a five-year old company that's probably what i'm most proud of um yeah. the fact that we have lived within our means because in the world of today it's so hard to do that genuinely it's so hard to not pander to social media and try to show things off before you have them or try to live a life that you that, that you can't afford and um i think unfortunately a lot of people are paying for that now that covid's hit and, and people yeah. unfortunately aren't able to earn money so we've we've taken pride in in the company and building the yeah. company slowly and like i said we've now been offered uh, we've been able, been able to to purchase a building which will be our first property development um of buying is an old beautiful brewery down in bournemouth um, i've seen it convert yeah. it into into some apartments so yeah i think i think it's not easy of course it's not easy and and there's a lot of people that quite often have their career but but build something on the side hoping that one day that can replace their career and that can grow to be a level and a size that they're earning an, a, a good enough amount of money that they can leave what they what they're doing and maybe what they don't have a have a genuine passion in, but it pays the bills and keeps a roof over their family's head. So that's not necessarily where I am. Um, I'm I'm fortunate enough to be in a situation where I can try these things and try new businesses in areas that I'm passionate about already. Um, and yeah, I, I, I listen. I love it, and and business is something that. I spoke to uh, to another footballer, Hector Bellerin, about the importance of having things away from football and the the highs and lows and the roller coasters that that, that a professional footballer's journey provides and throws up. Having something away from football that can give you stability um, is so important, and I'm I'm trying to stress that point to not only just to players but to anybody. Um, having yeah. things away from away from what you get paid to do day to day um right. is so important and balance in life obviously is so important so that provides me with a real a real nice balance of of work that is perhaps extremely pressurized and yeah. extremely scrutinized because you spoke earlier about strengths and weaknesses and and not knowing what your weaknesses are i've only got to log on to social media for thousands yeah. of people to be telling me what my what my weaknesses are <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah have you ever been on twitter uh yeah 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 i got you there i got you there but you you're nailing man i mean you're nailing it because it is it's diversification it's not putting all of your eggs into one basket um, and everything you're saying relates to me. It's like, e even in my life with Million Dollar Listing, which is a TV show out here, it's like my focus is real estate because without the real estate, I don't have the show. <laughs> mm. And it's similar to you. It's like you're recognizing that being a football player also is your day job, how you make money, but it allows you to go and do other things. And I think we all want to put everything we've got into one thing. Um, 
but diversification is is so key and you touched on so many different things and in that was was reading books and getting information but then you pointed out it's so important that you do things your way people often ask you know how did you get your start in real estate and i'm always like you have to be unique to yourself to who you are what's your strengths mm -hmm. but but I, I have a question to run what 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 advice do you have for finding mentors to help you follow your passion like to someone out there that's young do you have advice on, on what to look for in a mentor when when trying to follow that passion? That's a really great question, actually, um, because I I have mentors in so many different sectors um, and diversification in that also I find so powerful. Like, for example, like I said, I speak to a psychologist. Um, I have I got a session today in... at five. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely agreed there. It's so, it's so powerful. Even just as a sounding board, it is so powerful. But I digress. Um, mentors in, in property, in sport, in business. And then we're talking about how do you create longevity? We, we speak about some of the best that ever do it, have diversified what from what they built success on to what they created with it. Um, and then ran with that, the Jay-Z's of this world, the LeBron James's, the Kevin Durant's of this world, the Oprah Winfrey's of this world, people that had one thing and created something, created so many things around it, that they are always relevant. I, I look to people like that. Um, I, and I look that. to tap into their sort of knowledge and their sort of, um, listen, the internet's a great place. But when you're talking about mentors, the one thing that all of these people have in common with myself um, when I'm talking about the mentors that I have, not, not necessarily the Oprah Winfrey's of this world, the mentors that I use have one thing in common with me, and that is that I can get on with them. And I can get on with it. It's no good having somebody who I really look up to and then I meet that person and they're not so forthcoming. And that person has to also be at the right stage of their career and their life where they have the time and the dedication and the ability to give back to you. So there's no good going to people that are at a similar stage of your journey. There's no point going to people that are equally as um, stressed and have as little time as you have because you won't ultimately get as much from them. But people that have been there, done it, um, and, and ultimately that want to also give back to you, and I think you'll find them. You'll, you'll find them by having initial conversations with them. LinkedIn's a great place. Instagram is a great place to see these people in action um sometimes you have to go and you have to go and see him I, i'm 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 a big eric thomas fan i would love to see him in action one day um and he's not a mentor of mine but he's someone that i take great um great advice from sometimes and it's not even necessarily what he says it's the energy and i think that yeah. the energy that he provides is sometimes more important than what he's saying you can get you can get someone to believe in in whatever he's saying just by how he delivers it so Find somebody that, that resonates with yourself. Find somebody that has walked a similar path because you'll never find someone who's walked the path you're about to walk. Find yeah. someone who's walked a similar path. And then ultimately, like I said, everything, every decision is, is, is on you. So, yeah. so listen to what they're saying. Understand the positives that they're saying. Not everything that they say is going to work for you, but understand what they're saying. And then from there, you have to create, you have to create a roadmap for yourself. Create um like i said take the things that that, that that work for you create what you perceive is the journey it will change of course it will change but when you get to the next step you'll find new mentors people are people are everywhere and mentors yeah. don't necessarily have to be people that you sit down with and you ask them loads of questions they just give you all the answers That's sometimes right. a meeting a podcast like this i'll take great things from um and and i'll take elements from your life few weeks ago you never knew who i was i never knew who you were but now we're having having conversations about each other's lives i'll take things from the fact you've gone out to america and have been successful i look at that and i think wow that's transatlantic i'm just doing things in england i'm doing things here and, and in the industry that i know um could i go to another country and do it who knows so there are elements i think in in anybody that we meet that we can take things from or we can we can um definitely pick people's brains about yeah i fuck dude i love that and i'm the same way it's like i don't have one mentor i pick and choose from people i 
think of very highly. And then it's mm. like, even in my job, I get to meet so many of these people, right? Mm. And it's so funny. It's like with some of them, like their staff around them are like, you have to be quiet. You have to do it this way. <laughs> the second I meet them, I'm like, question, 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 question. And the staff look at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And they You're appreciate <laughs> it. They appreciate it, these people, because they can see I'm trying to learn, right? And, and we're lucky in this public domain that we can pick and choose who we want to hear some wisdom from and where. And, and, and I agree. Let's wrap it right there, because that was a powerful message. There's so many more questions I have, but I could probably keep you here for another two hours, but we won't do that. <laughs> um, but before we wrap it completely, Tyrone, at the end of every episode, we, we close things out with a little segment called uh, Chaotic Questions with James. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, go on. Amazing, man. All right, here we go. What are you currently learning? The piano. I love that. What motivates <laughs> you? Um, personal pride. Yes. What chore do you hate doing? Putting the bins out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the trash cans here in America, guys. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Wow. Um, great question. What piece of advice would I give to my younger self? Do it. I mean, we're living in a world of, of um, procrastination. And we're living in a world where success is is perceived to be so easy to come by. Um, and it really isn't. So do it, learn, fail, repeat. <laughs> do it again, learn again, fail again, repeat. Um, I mean, if you never get to where you, you thought you would get to, you'll get to somewhere a hell of a lot more advanced than where you started. So that would be it. Powerful, man. Tyrone, I cannot... Thank you enough for being a guest on the podcast. Where can people follow you to stay up to date with what you're up to, Tyrone? Uh, Instagram's a great one, isn't it? Instagram is aesthetically pleasing. If you're interested in what I've got to say, follow me on Twitter. If you're interested in what I look like or, or the, the visual element of my life and of my broadcasting, of course, Instagram's a, a great place. But again, thank you so much. Genuinely, thank you. The energy thank on you. this show is, is, is refreshing and something that I'm honored to be part appreciate that man that means the absolute world appreciate you tyrone guys follow me at james bond st catch million dollar listing los angeles on bravo to everybody watching hit the subscribe button on youtube if you're listening please leave a review on apple podcasts or subscribe and listen anywhere you get your podcasts tell your friends your neighbors and anyone who would enjoy the positively chaotic podcast thank you for listening and tyrone Thank you, man. Thank you.